0: what's going on everybody before we dive into episode one i have a quick psa this week's show was recorded through zoom because of covid reasons so my audio is really scratchy some of the other guys have laggy audio at some points i just hope this doesn't take away from the content we put together today and if it helps at all think of this episode like you're listening to mad dog russo on espn radio in the 90s hope everyone enjoys What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Going the Distance podcast brought to you by immaculatesports.com. Pretty much what we're trying to do here is just have some fun, talk about sports. We're very passionate about sports. And, you know, within two to five years, if we get a lot of people, a lot of people following us, um, I don't know. I think we're kind of interesting. I'll try to turn this into something like Barstool or Bleacher Report. Try to build an empire, you know, mm-hmm. give all my friends a job. That's that's my dream. Right. I'm here with my boys, Kyle and Alex. Introduce yourselves.
1: Uh, so I'm Kyle. I play college baseball. I'm really passionate about baseball. Huge uh, diehard Raider fan, A's fan. Uh, football and baseball are my two passions as far as sports talking about. But I also know a good amount about basketball. So there's that. And then I'll lead it over to Alex.
2: Uh, hello, yeah, Alex. I'm say um, I'm passionate about basketball, baseball, and football, but most passionate about is probably baseball. Uh, baseball and football. I, I guess I know like a majority of both all three sports. And I'm a diehard Raider fan, Warrior fan, Ace fan, and Bay teams.
0: Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. And I'm Skyler. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kyle. Forgot about Good. me. I forgot to introduce myself at mm-hmm. the beginning. Uh, diehard Jets fan. Um, I love college football. I've been making mock drafts since 2015, and I know a lot of people on Twitter say, uh, "Oh, the tw- the Twitter uh, NFL draft scouts aren't real scouts," you know. But I bet I've been watching more film than Mel Kiper since I was 14 years old. Like, you know, I also like the Warriors. And the A's. We watch every sport every day. You know this is why we're here. All right, take it away, Kyle.
1: All right. So our first segment that we're going to be talking about today is our opener, which is our favorite thing we saw from the weekend or the past week. Could be any about any sport. So uh, my favorite thing that I saw personally was Alec Mills' no hitter. Man, he was a twenty round, twenty second round draft pick in the twenty twelve draft by the Royals. Spent seven years in the minors. He walked on at University of Tennessee before getting drafted. Uh, this is his first year in the big leagues and he went out there and shoved. He's only getting paid 500 K this year, which is the pretty much the league minimum for uh, rookies coming up. He went out there and shoved. I mean, he, he got overshadowed because his opening weekend on Sunday for football, but I mean, the Cubs got somebody with him. He's a guy that you can like and really just, he's average man besides being six four, two ten, It's, it's a cool story and <laughs> something that I really liked. So, so uh, Skeller, how about you, man?
0: Yeah, Kyle, that was a real underdog story with Alec Mills. I love it. But my favorite thing from the weekend was college football starting, man. Trevor Lawrence beating the crap out of Wake Forest is amazing to see. I'm a Jets fan. I hope Sam Darnold turns out to be a star, you know, but we're already getting, uh, you know, some talks about taking Trevor Lawrence at pick number one. If we get there, Lawrence was 22 for 28 passing 351 yards, three total touchdowns. His star receiver Justin Ross has a spinal injury; he's out for the entire year. But you know he's still putting up numbers. Amari Rogers had five catches for ninety yards and a tug. I mean, he could make this guy into a first-round pick next year. This guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, get ready, NFL.
1: Yeah, they got something special mm-hmm. with him for sure.
2: What about you, Alex? Uh, favorite thing I saw the weekend was the Raiders beating up on. They didn't beat up on Panthers, but they beat the Panthers 30. In Bank of America Stadium, uh, the first Vegas win for John Gruden and Las Vegas Raiders. It's kind of weird to say that, but. No. <laughs> Josh Jacobs looked amazing. He had twenty-five. He rushed the ball twenty-five times for ninety-three yards. He caught four passes. Last year, we didn't really see Jacobs caught the catch the ball a lot. It's good to see Gruden incorporating him in the passing game. Uh, Ruggs showed some very good explosiveness. Explosiveness. He caught a forty-five-yard pass far in the second drive of the game after we stalled on the first one. Um, the defense wasn't that great, but Abram looks like to be the core centerpiece, centerpiece of the defense, Max Crosby, and Cleveland Furl. Um It's got to be better for the Saints, though, because Saints going to provide a high-powered offense that we will need to adjust. I wish that Brian Edwards got more targets out there. Uh, while it looked fine, uh car looked pretty good. And, yeah, that was probably the best thing I saw all weekend.
1: Yeah, that's something I enjoyed, of course. Uh, Oh, yeah. We're getting into is uh, called Where's Your Head At? So we have a whole bunch of different topics to talk about and just see what your takes are and what you think is going to happen. So our first thing is some big news coming up with Allen Robinson. The man out of Chicago had 98 catches for 1,147 yards last year. Seems like he's unhappy in Chicago just after the first week. Uh didn't fully request the trade, but he said that he's open to it. And yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Personally? I think he could go to the Niners. You know, he's, he's in the prime, so they're going to have to get a good return for him back. But the Niners definitely need that guy with Ayuk being out right now. And Debo Samuel on the IRS.
0: Yeah. Alan Robinson is a crazy one. We actually put up a poll on our Twitter page today. It's at a Mac sports. Um, the majority voted for an extension. Obviously a lot of bears fans got there. I don't know though. I feel like they're going to go into a full rebuild. They, there's a lot of money on that defense, but uh, Allen Robinson is going into his 28 year old season and watching all these receivers like Hopkins, 94 million over five years, Thomas is getting paid about 19 million per year. Um, the contract expectation for Allen Robinson was about 18 per year, but since Julio and Hopkins contracts, that's going to push up probably higher than we expect for a receiver like, uh, like Alan Robinson. Um, like you said, I think the Niners would be a good fit, but just now about an hour ago, they signed Mohamed Sanu. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's enough roster space Mm -hmm. for him to pull off a trade like that. I do like the Patriots though. The Patriots, um, had a lot of players opt out rookie, not rookie second year. Now receiver Nikhil Harry, um, hasn't gotten much touches either. We're not really sure what's going on there. And Cam's kind of lost some of his vertical passing ability. Uh, getting a guy like Allen Robinson to throw some comeback routes could really help him out. What about yeah, you, Alex? Sure.
2: Uh, I'm personally, Allen Robinson's the best receiver. They got to extend him. Um, Tariq Cohen posted on Twitter today saying hashtag free, ex- hashtag extend AR. I saw sure.
1: that. I saw that, yeah.
2: So he wants them back. Uh, he's the only reason why Bears have a uh, he's one of the amazing reasons why the Bears have an okay passing attack. Um, he really bounced back last season. Last season was his best season since his 1,400-yard season in 2015 on Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I think they should really just re-sign him. He needs the money. He wants to get paid. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how the situation is in Chicago, but um, for Bears fans, it would be a pretty good see.
0: Yeah, man, if he could make Blake Bortles look watch watch like watch. an actual quarterback, yeah. he's doing something right.
2: It's making Mitch yeah. look like one
0: oh yeah
1: all righty so our next topic that we're going to get into is the eagles the eagles went into washington played the football team i guess you would call them they started off hot up 17 nothing and they just fell apart ended up losing 27 to 17 the redskins or not the redskins my bad the football teams uh d-line really put <laughs> oh, it all man. together they have a great front seven i think that's something to be optimistic about if you're a football team fan i guess but uh Yeah. If you're an Eagles fan, how worried are you on a scale of one to 10 and why?
0: You know, Kyle, I'm not worried at all. If I was an Eagles fan, I would rank it a two out of 10 because they played this game without Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey and Lane Johnson. And by the way, the dysfunctional Cowboys are more crazy than ever with Mike McCarthy. They lost to the Rams Mm -hmm. on Sunday night. Um, A big question people ask is, does Carson Wentz have enough weapons you know, uh, to make a big playoff push. And if you think about it, all Sean Jeffrey, Jalen Rieger, uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and a little sleeper guy, John Hightower, slot receiver from Boise state actually got a carry last week. Mm -hmm. I think that could be a big sleeper in that offense. You know, Wentz did throw two interceptions, but I wouldn't be too worried as a cow, not a Cowboys fan an Eagles fan. Mm -hmm.
2: What do you think Alex? Uh, Scott, I'm gonna have to agree with you. They should be fine. Um, I have them winning the division. Uh, they're missing three of their starting alignment. Their starting running back was hurt. Miles Sanders put up a decent amount of yards last season. He put, 18. He put up 800 yards last season and 500 receiving. That's like Wentz, one of Wentz's go to targets uh, alongside Alshon Jeffrey and the new addition of Jalen Um Yeah, they should be fine. As Skyler said, the Cowboys do look more dysfunctional out there. Uh, Wentz does have a fumbling issue. That could be deceiving, but once is a good go to win that division almost every time.
0: You know, yeah. there is one guy I forgot about. They brought back Deshaun Jackson.
2: Mm, yes. yes, I did. Most, yeah. Well, he was hurt last season, and this season he came back healthy.
1: Yeah. If I was an Eagles fan, I wouldn't be too worried, but I'd also be at a four or five because, yeah, you have those guys that, are, that were hurt this week, like Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, but you look for Miles Sanders to be back, and so with a weak division like that, you should be relatively fine especially with the team that they already have around them. But one situation I would be worried about if I was them was the Zach Ertz situation. You know, he had an altercation with the GM not too long ago. He wants to be an Eagles for li- an Eagle for <laughs> life, but he doesn't think that the GM and the team wants him there. Uh, they have an option if they don't want to have Zach Ertz and Dallas Godard, who's a good, good, solid tight end, but he's no Zach Ertz top four, top five tight end in the league. So I think you got to get that fan,
0: as a Jets fan, I could tell you Eagle for life doesn't mean anything. That's
1: true. You got to get it squared away with him, hold him and he's a great target for them. All righty. So I said a little bit about ranking uh, Zach Ertz in the top four, top five of, t- of tight ends. Uh, one thing that we saw this week that was encouraging was Josh Jacobs performance in Carolina, you know, going up against Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey's obviously looked as the better back going into it and Jacobs really held his own you know he had I think 136 total yards with three touchdowns he outplayed McCaffrey and I think he outtouched him too which was big and he got the win so where do you guys rank uh, Josh Jacobs in running backs
0: right now I do have him as a top 10 running back but I do have a couple of uh, red flags with Josh Jacobs. Um, Last year, he had 4.8 yards per carry, which is among the elite running backs. But week one, it was down to 3.7. Maybe that's because he got so many carries. Um, But yeah, if he's running up the middle like Derrick Henry every time, maybe that could affect the way John Gurdon runs his offense. And also he had a shoulder fracture and missed three weeks. Two or three weeks last year. Three, I think um, three weeks. That's another alarming note. But the mileage on him is really low. At Alabama, mm-hmm. he never started a full season. He could be a full uh, workhorse back in the NFL for many years. I'm sure yeah. of that one.
2: Um, I have Josh Jacobs in the top ten. Well, uh, I think he's in the top six behind McCaffrey, Saquon, and Zeke, Henry, Kamara. I think he's right behind them, and then behind Jacobs is Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, in my opinion. Um, Jacobs this is this his second season? I think he has a ton of he has ton of stuff to improve not improve on, but like he has a ton of stuff that he can flash this season and certainly show to the world why he is uh, a top six running back. And yeah, he three touchdowns on the ground, um, and yeah, he's a go-to red zone threat for the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. For many years to come <laughs>
1: it's gonna be a weird thing to say that but uh you know Jacobs is a guy that I think has a lot of upside uh we saw in just 13 games last year that he had 1300 all-purpose yards despite missing those three games he still got his all those yards in and if he played all 16 and didn't get hurt you never wouldn't you don't know maybe he could have gotten up to that 1600 yard mark but honestly I rank him in the top six I think he's right there with guys like Dalvin cook and he's not quite yet on the level of Saquon or McCaffrey or Zeke or Derrick Henry, but he's right there. You know, uh, John Gruden said that he wants to get him more involved in the passing game this year. And I think they did that a little bit uh, over the weekend. I think he had four catches for about 50 yards. And I think they did a great job of that because he only had 20 receptions last year. And that's, that's something that he can do. He's very tough to take down, I mean, he had 12 broken tackles, and besides him, the closest running back in broken tackles had seven last week. So that's something to look look at. Might be the hardest guy to bring down in all of football. So our next topic that we're going to sure. talk about is uh, the Chiefs' repeat. You know, we saw them on Thursday come out uh, with their 15,000 fans, 15,000 more than most of the NFL is going to have this year. and uh. They played, they played well, you know, they took care of business in KC as they, as they should, they have a brand new running back in Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, who looks really good. They obviously got Mahomes, a lot of great targets, actually not too bad of a defense either. So what are you guys thinking?
0: Is it going to be chiefs times two this year? You know what, Kyle, the odds are in the chiefs favor, but I'm going to tell you why they will not repeat this year. Um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Already in week one, 22 carries. That is a heavy workload for a five-packed carries. Back. 25, even. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kyle. Um, in college, his entire college career, he had two games over 20 carries. If he gets hurt, that team is not deep offensively. Yeah. I know they have some good receivers. And Damian like Williams Hardman. opted
1: out as well. That's
0: mm-hmm. true. And last year, their defense was middle 15th in yards. Mm-hmm. And bottom 10 in rushing. This is turning into kind of a spread offense kind of league. You know, quarterbacks who can run. Can the Chiefs stop that kind of thing? Can the Chiefs beat Lamar Jackson? I don't know. It's going to be tough. And, two, the other team they're playing against, like I said, the Ravens, another team that are top contenders for the Super Bowl. They brought in J.K. Dobbins and Calais Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs have Frank Clark, but other than that, thin depth on the defense. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I think the Chiefs could repeat. Uh, they're certainly one of the favorites to repeat. I think the teams in the NFC did get better, though, alongside of Seattle, Tampa Bay, um, New Orleans, uh, the Niners. They're still pretty solid teams that could take down the Chiefs. And what Skyler said, the Baltimore Ravens brought in J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, star running back, who two had touch, two touchdowns for about 28 yards, seven touches last week, and a blowout to Cleveland. Uh, Lamar's going to want to have a chip on the shoulder from last season after he lost in the playoffs again. But the Chiefs, offensively, are probably one of the best teams in the league. And Hilaire, 130 on the ground, 5.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns. What can you get better than that? He, Sky, according to your reference at, in college, I think that LSU was just a powerhouse. They were just... They didn't need him to do that much because Burrow was throwing too many touchdowns left and right mm-hmm. at LSU. But yeah, uh, the Chiefs would definitely be one of the best teams to repeat, and they could definitely do it this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, you know, that matchup against the Ravens, I think, is going to tell a lot. I think there's a good chance that whoever wins that game, if they're still undefeated, could go 16-0. and You know, we've seen the Ravens' schedule, and their schedule's not... It's not that hard. You know, they play a first place schedule, but besides that, it's it's nothing crazy. I mean, the Pats yeah. are not the same. Other than a couple, tra-
0: a couple of trap games against Jill Burrow. That's about it.
1: <laughs> you never know.
2: Uh, you never know, yeah.
1: But you look at it and you see the Ravens schedule. I mean, they play the Pats as a one seed or because the Pats won the division last year, they got to play them. But the Pats aren't the same as they were last year. And, you know, that division over there in the south is not the greatest either, so. I think we look at that and there's a chance, you know, one of those teams could go 16 and 0 and make history. So now we're going to lead into halftime uh, and I'm going to let Skylar take that away.
0: Yeah. So halfway through our main segments, we're going to take a break and we call this segment halftime. All right. We're going to talk about some of the bloopers, the craziest things we saw um, and some bad takes we see on Twitter mm-hmm. it started off. Rookie running back from the Lions, DeAndre Swift, drops the game-winning touchdown in Terrible. the end zone. Terrible. Know about that. You know,
1: I mean, watching that game, I was flipping through the channels, got the, the chance to watch that game going down the wire. You know, it was a beautiful play by the Lions offense. You know, got Swift open in between two defenders. Ball was in his hands, and he just dropped it. You know, the next play, they, uh, the Bears break up the pass, win the game, but that was it. You know, 13 seconds left, and he just drops the ball. Tough mistake in your rookie
2: debut. Yeah, pretty tough. To see, um, the Bears made a, a pretty good comeback. I didn't think they were going to win that game because they were up, I think, to was 23 to six. Detroit, something plus. like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, they ran a mo- that, What you just said was perfect. They ran the most like beautiful play. I think it was like an option play for down to Swift on the left side of the sideline. It was wide open. Ball in his hands, drops it uh must be really tough for him so all that i think he turned off all his comments too But must be really really hard to take in but he'll be fine for of the season. yeah
1: it's
2: just yeah. first game
0: all right guys how about randy bullock pulling his hamstring on the game winning field goal sorry my bad the game tying field goal mm-hmm. in joe burrow's first start
1: you know i mean bangle's gonna bangle you know it's that's why you got to see from this it sucks for joe burrow but hopefully he's not trapped there forever you know hopefully they get something for him or he can cut ties with them not too late in his career because he's an exciting talent and be loved love to see him win a super bowl somewhere
2: um watching that game uh it was pretty sad because they had it all perfectly lined up to go over time Bullock missed it. I was like, oh, my. And then that could be, like, the overshadowing for the Bengals' season. Uh, I don't think they've been winning a lot of games. That game was just – it could be just much uh, deflating for Bullock and his hamstring, too, to say at least.
0: Yeah, what a disappointing night for Joe Burrow. All right, how about Jimmy Garoppolo against the Cardinals? San Francisco loses at home in – some might call it a trap game. Some might say the Cardinals are legit. Who knows? But the big takeaway from this game is Jimmy G on third down to win the game through a jump ball to Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor. Mm-hmm. Can you believe in that, guys? What do you got to say about that?
1: You know, uh, that play had a, an out route going to Trent Taylor, and Jimmy Jimmy G's ball was just late. You know, he threw it too late after the break, and the – corner i think it was had enough time to come down and deflect it away and you know from that it's it's just a tough loss for san francisco but looking at it i mean arizona is one of the most improved teams in football i'd say they got obviously deandre hopkins but they also made some great additions on defense and signed some guys long term i think k1's legit and it's gonna be fun
2: yeah uh the cardinals look really really impressive out there against the defending nfc champions uh Jimmy G wasn't that great. Um, he had a couple throws down the stretch, which just kind of and like Kyle just, just explained, out routes Trent Taylor. It was a little bit late. Um, he'll improve on that, obviously. Uh, he's going to need, but he's going to need help. Uh, I think with the addition of Mohamed Sanu and uh, Debo Samuel coming back healthy when he does, and the uprising of Brandon Ayuk, uh, it should be a good uh, sign for Jimmy G. He needs those weapons, and he needs Kittle to be healthy, too, for them to go back to the Super Bowl
0: and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Jimmy G was passing 19 for 33, but he had no turnovers, and oh. his top two receivers were out. You know, they did okay. sign Mohamed mm-hmm. Sanu. Mm-hmm. All right. Next topic, how about uh, Steven Gostkowski, Patriots legend, shanking three kicks but redeeming himself in the end for the game winner on Monday night.
1: He did. He did. One thing I saw from that was the Monday night announcers kept on calling him a future hall of famer. And I don't know if Goskowski will ever go to Canton, not even as a hall of famer, but as a vacation trip ever in his, the rest of his life. Cause he he's, he's a great kicker. Don't get me wrong, but you gotta be something more than just a great kicker to make it in Canton. And he does not have that. You know, his kicks were awful, just straight up awful. I think one got blocked, but he also missed an extra point and two other field goals. Luckily, he didn't make that last kick or he would not have a job today.
2: Yeah, well, Calis was pretty, pretty right. Usually Denver is a kicker friendly uh, confine, too, where all the outs to and stuff like that. And him shaking those kicks was pretty concerning, but he made it up in the very end. They won the game, game winning field goal, the 27 seconds left in the fourth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's really good for him. Um, he'll be better down the stretch. And, yeah.
0: Absolutely. But the biggest takeaway from this game was no more Booger McFarland. Yeah. Thank
1: God. Thank the Lord, man. <laughs> hey, he's on, oh, so on, 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 on the
2: broadcast, him? though. With uh, I, think, I don't even know what wife, but he's like a
0: halftime show with him. Uh, well,
1: All right. like we haven't any bad takes during the game, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. The next topic is superstar wide receiver from LSU. Jamar Chase opts out of the season, declares for the draft, leaving LSU with nothing left on offense pretty much. I mean, how disappointing yeah. are you if you're Ed Ogeron right now?
1: Uh, I'd be pretty disappointed, but knowing you're going to have a legend in the making and Jamar Chase go to the NFL would be exciting for him. You know, he's my top wide receiver in the draft class. I think he's going to do great things and LSU's the a thing of the past for him,
2: I guess. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase is supposed to be top ten pick, right, Skylar? Can I? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's going to be one of the best receivers uh, in the league for years to come. Uh, he has a whole offseason to work or whole season to work on it. He uh, just train on the side and stuff like that. LSU's is left with uh, they left with the, who's that receiver that is pretty tall? And Terrence Mitchell. Uh, he's up with the, they're left with him. I guess he's good. He's like a, he's a five star talent. I think he's like 6'3". Six, um, but LSU is not uh, left with a lot of talent. Um, and, yeah, uh, Jamar Chase will be good in the NFL for years to come, though.
0: Yeah, you're so, right. He did his time. He got a ring. LSU is a farm did. system. You know, they're going to bring in the next guys. And yeah. I think that'll be all right. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll do just All right. Next topic is, in the 38-6, to Ravens' destruction over the Browns. Odell Beckham was left with three catches for 22 yards on 10 targets. Is this Baker's fault or all the distraction Odell brings into the locker room?
1: I think it's a bit of everything, man. Odell is, you know, he's, he was in the Twitter media this past week with uh, <laughs> some things we're not going to talk about, but you know, he was there and, uh, you know, I don't know if that got to him a little bit or got him down in his fuels, but he needs to be better and Baker needs to be better. I mean, mm-hmm. thir- losing thirty-eight to six is going to get the job done, obviously. And you know, the Browns fans, Browns fans have seen enough, and maybe even the Browns GM has seen enough of Odell. You can see a trade with him perhaps later on down throughout the season.
0: All right, now we're going to go to some bad takes on Twitter. Not all horrible takes, but you know, tweets that will spark up conversation that we could talk about. The first one. It's not too bad. Uh, comes to us from Alex Diggins on Twitter. After the Steelers win today, the Steelers and Cardinals are both Super Bowl bound. A rematch from the San Antonio home catch. What do you guys think about that?
1: You know, I don't. I don't think any of those teams are going to be Super Bowl contenders, and obviously not the Steelers, in my opinion. Pittsburgh is not a Super Bowl contender. Big Ben is. You know, he looked good on Monday night, but he's not the same as he was before.
0: Coming and back from Tommy John.
1: Yeah. They have some great young receivers, but, you know, maybe sneaking in as a wild card, but I do not see them taking down the Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Bills, you know, any of those teams. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. But I don't think they're going anywhere
0: near the Super Bowl. The next tweet uh, comes to us from Oaklandish, And they say, I think the Oakland Athletics would rather see the Astros in the postseason at this point because the Mariners are scrappy. How do you feel about that one?
1: I mean, as a Naves fan, I think you take take taking any of those teams in the playoffs. You know, you had a great season series with the Astros, one of the first times in a while. And the Mariners, you know, the Mariners haven't been in the postseason in 20 years. So I think you look at that and hopefully you get one of them. But I would for sure want to play the Mariners. You know, you don't have any of the postseason experience that Correa, Redick, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, possibly even Verlander coming back you don't have any of the experience of that from the Seattle Mariners team super young. And, you know, besides the choke on, uh, on Monday from the bullpen and Joaquin Soria, I mean, we, we looked great. The A's have looked great against the, the Mariners this year. So, yeah, there's that. I definitely want to play the Mariners if I got the chance.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, the Astros are explosive and have 10 times the pitching that's in Seattle do you want to add any uh, tweets to halftime?
1: I don't think I could find any, you know, nothing as good as that.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to halftime. Now we're going back deep dive into the big topics again. Where's your head at part two.
1: Yep. So starting off the second half, so to call it, uh, our first thing that we're going to talk about is does cam have enough to take the pass to the playoffs? You know, one thing that they don't have is receivers. Does he have enough targets to get there. You know, they don't have anyone crazy. They have a decent running back duo and uh white and Sony Michelle, but I mean, besides Edelman, they don't really have anyone to use besides maybe even Nikhil Harry, you know, but his health is always in question. And yeah. What do you guys think?
0: I think cam can absolutely take the Patriots to the playoffs. <laughs> Obviously they've had some big time opt-outs, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, that's Hightower. high tower, but they also have Stefan Gilmore still there. The McCordy twins are still there. Their D line still there. Also the greatest defensive coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Under I'm going to take, corner. your uh... yes, sir. A deep I'm going to take your, uh, double backfield take and uh, give you a three-headed monster with Rex Burkhead. Don't Rex- forget about that Burnhead. guy. Rex Burkhead, have some receptions, too. Mm-hmm. And, but obviously, they do need a receiver. Um, Mohamed Sanu is no longer available. But like we said earlier, go, Look at man, a- go take a shot at Allen Robinson. You know how many picks Bill Belichick's been saving up, you know, just in case he's in a jam. This could be the time to use it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just got to be curious on how much. It will take to get a guy like Alan Robinson. Will you have to give up a first-round pick.
2: Hmm. Um. Yeah. I'm, I certainly agree with Skyler. Uh, Cam can definitely take him back to the playoffs. Not back to. The, well, yeah. He get definitely taken to the playoffs. Um. He threw 19 passes for uh 15 completions, 155 yards. They kept make the animals kept the playbook kind of small. Uh new turn the ball fifteen times, thirty-five yards. They have the whole defense back. Um the three-headed monster looked pretty good. Burkhead was out there. Uh he really mixed in a lot of people. Mixed in Burkhead, Michelle, White. Uh the receiving core was in The receiving court they get a little bit thinner. Uh Edelman's the only guy out there, but besides that, Cam is just he just a man to do it too. Right step in for Brady and take him to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and another thing I mean, if you're Bill, Bill Belichick, you got to be having fun right now. You get a weapon that you haven't had in 20 years in a mobile quarterback, and you, it's honestly just a workshop right now. I mean, we really get to see what Bill Belichick's mind's all about here and see if he can do it in a dimension that he hasn't done it before. So going on to our next topic in new QBs, we saw the Chargers take on the Bengals over the weekend, and we also saw the the Dolphins Face uh, the Patriots. We saw two quarterbacks, two veteran quarterbacks, go in that game with Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both of them did not play that well. Tyrod was 16 for 30 with 208, and uh, Fitzpatrick was 20 for 30 with 191 and three picks. When do you guys think Tua and Herbert start coming in?
0: Exactly, Kyle. Tyrod Taylor was horrible. Ryan Fitzpatrick was even worse. Um, both of these guys, why they're not starting right away? because of Joe Burrow, uh, they kind of have obvious reasons, you know, Justin Herbert, people are claiming he's not a vocal leader, um, in college. And also people were talking about his inaccuracy, but you know, in college his last year, he had a 67, 67 completion percentage rating. And, uh, that's fine with me too. Well, obviously the injury, but you know, apparently, He's healed, he's ready to go. Right now it's just based on do you want to throw him in the fire yet? You exactly. know, both teams we yeah. go lines. I would say they both start by week ten, but if I was the general manager of these teams, I would hold off for the entire year.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking at two in Miami's schedule. Um they got some pretty tough matchups coming up. They got the Bills, the Jags, and Seattle Seahawks and the Niners. Those can each, each, uh, those could um, exactly give Ryan Fitzpatrick some trouble. Um, but week six and week seven, they got the Broncos and the Chargers. We could see a Herbert versus two a matchup week seven. That might be a little bit too early.
0: That would be magical though.
2: Yeah, That'd be cool. the Chargers. Um, they got a pretty tough schedule too. They got the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Panthers. Those could all give Tyrod Taylor some issues. But yeah. We could have a week six matchup, uh, week seven matchup uh, with those two head, uh, head of the franchise quarterbacks going at it. But yeah. what Skyler said, uh, they should hold off to the end of the season. But it will be cool to see them come in uh, at some point this season.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, uh, one thing I also think you look at there is what is the state of the team right now? You know, in Los Angeles, I almost said San Diego. They just had Derwin James, their star of their defense, go down for six to eight months. So he's out for the season. Drew Tranquil, I think, broke his ankle or something like that. So he's going to be out for a while, if not the whole season. And that really takes Los Angeles out of anything that they thought they had. You know, They still have good pieces in Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward. But it's not the same without Derwin and Tranquil. So I think you look at it, and there's no rush to bring those guys back or bring Herbert into the game. And same thing with Miami. I mean, with even with the sevens, the new spot in the playoffs, the seven seed, I don't think Miami's a contender for that spot, even if they do bring in Tua. You know, they've still got a couple years. Brian Flores is a good coach, and I think he'll make the, great, the good decision here to just keep Tua out, sit him a year, and see what happens from that because we we've seen good things like Mahomes Mahomes only played one game in his rookie year and look where that got him the next next season after that
0: Mm -hmm. you look at someone like Sam Darnold in his second year he got thrown out there while he was injured not ready against the Pats' defense and he threw four picks in the first half yeah you don't want that to happen
1: Mm -hmm. and seeing some bad performances like that in someone's early stages of their career can be detrimental to them and big confidence boosters or big confidence takers away. So the next person that we're going to talk about is not a rookie. He's exact opposite. It's Mr. Tom Brady. We saw some struggles from him on Sunday against the saints defense, throwing two picks, one of them being returned back uh, to the end zone for a pick six, seeing the same struggles as we saw last year at the end of the year. You know, I'm not doubting the goat, but I think Father Time's going to kick in at some point here, and uh, you know, really take away the greatness that we that he had.
0: You know, I'm not too worried about Tom Brady. You got to remember, nobody had preseason games, spring not spring training. That's baseball. Uh, training camp was limited this year. Um, the Saints' defense is legit, man. I think that's what did it. Um, also Mike Evans was hurt he only got one reception I think once everything you know clicks with them it'll happen it happens with every Brady team they won't start off hot but somewhere in the middle of the season they will do everything perfect I don't think they're going to be a 12-4 and 4 team I don't think they're going to win their conference but you know they're a serious playoff contender
2: yeah uh, I'm at the degree of you together um, I think Brady bounces back I have them winning next week in a good fashion against Carolina. Uh, what you said is completely true. He's going to need time to gel with his teammates. Uh, they didn't really look on point. There was one play in the game Brady threw a pick because um, Mike Evans and him had some miscommunication on the line. Evans didn't finish his route, and yeah, uh, he'll be he'll be fine. I think they'll even make the playoffs. We chasing the Saints, but yeah, that was a big Greek one loss, but he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely a team that would have benefited from having a preseason, even if Brady limited. Well, he would have limited time playing in the preseason, but just going through the reps against an actual team helps you a lot. And uh, yeah, so we're not done with football yet. We'll get back into it later, but we're going to transfer on to baseball for right now where the San Diego Padres are really taking over the MLB. You know, they're one and a half games out of Los Angeles. In the NL West, they are the four seed. And if they do take that uh, divisional lead from the Dodgers, they will be the one seed in the national league leading into the postseason. Is this, is this team a true
0: world series contender to you guys? I'm going to give you a hot take right now, Kyle. I don't think so. October is a whole nother game. Once you step on the field, all the lights. I mean, I guess there won't be fans and lights, but you know, once you see Will that playoff patch on your Jersey. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole nother game. And, um, their offense has been amazing this year, but what concerns me is all of the injuries, Hosmer, fam, paddock, paddock got rocked and then got hurt too. So, you know, that's a whole nother story too. Will their rotation get back to normal? I know, um, mm. Davies has been pitching pretty well this year. Uh, mm. Lamott, as well, but you know, no bullpen. Matt Stram's out. Kirby Yates is out for the year. I just don't think they have the pitching to get past the Dodgers.
2: Yeah. I'm um, going to say yes. They are a contender to win the World Series. They're breathing down the Dodgers' neck. They Grisham hit a bomb last night. Um, he mired it. Uh, Dodgers is pretty upset about that one, but Tatis is a superstar, ready for the bright lights. Lamette posting a 2.12 ERA. And Zach Davies, who pitching is pitching right now against Dodgers, posting a two point four eight ERA. The starting rotation is pretty good. They added Clevenger. Their lineup's one of the best in the league, alongside the White Sox and the Dodgers. And yeah, I think they'll be fine to make the World Series. If they don't, they'll be right there, just breathing down the other teams in NL.
1: righty. So my take on the pods, this team is different than any team that we've seen in MLB history, in my opinion. So they got the stars and the T's and Machado, and those, team, those guys carry that team. But they also have guys like LeMet, Cronenworth, Davies, Grisham, Moreland. They have a whole bunch of guys on their team, Profar, Mateo, that are their lightning rods. They create energy like no other team. They're the funnest team to watch in baseball right now, and that's even with the White Sox being in the league. I I think they give the Dodgers a good run, but on 100% honesty, I think the Dodgers prevail and take the NL back uh as they're expected to. And I don't know if they win the World Series, but they'll be right there in it. So the Pods are going to be great. They're going to be great for years to come. They got a lot of young stars with a lot of money and uh they got some time to win right now. But I don't think that comes
0: this year. Yeah, man. And I'm going to introduce the next topic so uh, Kyle can get his, his piece in first. Thanks. With Matt Chapman out for the year, how deep can the A's go?
1: You know, only pitching will tell. The A's don't have an ace. We've seen in the past however many years that you need an ace to win in the postseason. We saw Scherzer. We saw Sale. We saw Verlander. McCullers was great that year. We saw a whole bunch of pitching from the Cubs to Lester. You need pitching to be good in the postseason. And the A's need some starters to step up. Chris Bassett's been great, posting around a three ERA. But they need Lazardo. They need Manaya They need Montas. Maybe not fires as much because of the postseason. It's only maybe a four-man rotation, we'll see. But with no off days, we'll never know. Mike Miner pitched great yesterday, but they need more in the rotation. And same with the lineup. You know, Olsen's still not hitting 200. He's had a good hard hit rate, but that's not still not getting hits. it? can has been in the slump. He had a home run yesterday, though. Lariano isn't the same as he was at the beginning of the year. Semyon just his stat cast numbers aren't the greatest. He needs to put the barrel on the ball more and they need to be better in the lineup. But one thing that they do have going for them is the bullpen. The bullpen is perhaps the best in the MLB. Hendricks is an absolute nail down there, perhaps the best closer in the league. But what really makes that bullpen is guys like Wendelkin and Trevino and Petit and Diekman. Those guys really make that team what it is. And they wouldn't have won 30 games without them.
2: Yep. Uh, I have to agree with you. The A's are going to make some noise in the playoffs. We're going to have a pretty high seed heading into it. Um, they could make the World Series, but pitching will be the absolute killer for the A's. Mazzardo uh, and Montes need to step up, and Minaya as well. They all need to step up. Bassett's been doing pretty good this season. It's up your array of three. Uh, the bullpen's been really solid, really great, but the lineup does have concerns. Uh, losing our best player, um, it's going to be a tough on as well for the postseason as we need him pretty badly to make any noise in the Series or in the postseason as well.
0: Yeah, obviously losing Matt Chapman is a huge disappointment our RAs. Um, right now we're sitting at the number three seed in the MLB. Sorry, the AL. Mm-hmm. And a comfortable six and a half game lead over Houston, which is nice to see. They're going to get a top seed. But, you know, the starting pitching has been pretty streaky. Um, Chris Bassett has been solid for us. And I love the bullpen. But that's not my biggest worry. My biggest worry is the timely hitting last year at the end of the year and about the all-star break, too. You can even see at the beginning of this year, you know, coming back from six runs against the Giants, you know, guys like Steven Piscotty stepping up to the plate, man, Mark Canna, you know, it's all about the timely hitting.
2: Can um, I chime in real quick on that, Skylar? Yes, sir. Yeah, I got one um, more thing on that
0: too.
2: Um, you see the last postseason games against the Yankees, we had bases loaded. No one can come through. You're, Skyler, mm-hmm. you're right. The clutch hitting is one of the biggest issues we'll see in the postseason season. Against the Rays, we only put up one run. We stranded a couple of runners on base that were pretty big. Yeah,
0: we were all at that game, too. That was disappointing to yeah. walk out of the stadium with a loss mm-hmm. again.
1: Yeah. yeah. But one thing that, help, that makes it so you can't get out of uh, spots like that is strikeouts. And one thing that Matt Chapman does a lot is strikeout. And before Chapman went down, the A's had the MLB leading percentage in strikeouts of just over 26%. Since the acquisition of Stella... Of La Stella and Chapman going down with the mail machine playing more and guys like that, they have changed their strikeout percentage to be third best in the AL. And that's encouraging to see because La Stella hasn't struck out in over fifty plate appearances, which is something big for this Oakland athletics team. I think yes, they will make some a kind of, in the playoffs.
0: Sorry. Taking a kind of Tampa Bay approach to their lineup. Something we saw in the Moneyball days. You know, let's see if it works out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Breaking news. The heat have beat the Celtics 17 to 14 in overtime. The first game of the Eastern conference finals. Um, also tonight starting right now, nuggets game and Clippers seven. game seven. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen? How about your game seven picks and your finals predictions?
1: You know, uh, my game seven pick, I think the nuggets win in a slug fest and some of the game sevens we've seen this year, they've been lower scoring games. I think we're going to see that a little bit more today with a uh, big defense being played. and You know, the Clippers have some great defensive uh, players on their team. But I don't think that gets the job done for the Clippers. I think the Nuggets pull out a slugfest. Murray and Jokic just do enough to win. And playoff P does what playoff P does. And that's absolutely nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I think the Nuggets pull it out. As I don't really like the Clippers, but. I think Nuggets do pull it out. They could have to come back from comeback fashion again like they did in the last two games, down 16-E. But, yeah, uh, it's going to be a close game tonight. I think Jamal Murray will step up to the occasion. Jokic will prove he is one of the best centers in the league. Playoff P will be no playoff P anymore. He'll be sent home. And, yeah, let's go Nuggets tonight.
0: You know, I agree with you guys. I think Playoff P will have a rough night. But Kawhi Leonard will take over the game. And finally, stop the Nuggets' run. Clippers advanced to the Western Conference Finals. And, we'll you know, see. my finals prediction, the Heat won the first game of the series. Um, obviously, they have an advantage there. But, you know, I really like how the Heat's roster structured. You know, really young guards. that can shoot the three and play defense. Andre Iguodala, Jake Crowder, they could guard one through five on the court. Obviously, Bam Adebayo. Dude's a crazy playmaker. I'm going with the heat in that series and I'm staying with the Clippers. You know, I think it'll be a Clippers heat finals, all defense, low scoring finals. I know most people don't like that, but (laughs) I'm ready for it. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, My finals pick. I think it's going to be a Lakers heat matchup, you know, before (coughs) or even the heat took game one of the Eastern conference finals. You know, I really love how their team is saying going off of what Skylar said. You know, they have the perfect leader there in Jimmy Butler. He does not care what people think. What people think about him or what people think about his team. And they got some great young players around it. They also have more veteran pieces on the bench, you know, even though they're not playing too much, like, or at all. And Udonis Haslam, but he's a guy that's been there and he can mentor. These yeah, man. Heroes. It is big. Yeah. I mean, they, they got guys that have experience in the playoffs and even championship pedigree with Iguodala. I mean, Iguodala even won a finals MVP before. So you you got to look at that and say that they're, they're going to be right there. And, you know, the Celtics also have a great roster, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to pull it out.
2: Mm, yeah. I want to agree with you. I really think the heat are going to make it. I've been on the heat bandwagon since early November when they, uh, demolished star warriors in miami i think they're just really like they're really uh surrounded with a bunch of talent on their team with one through like eight i think uh butler is a star he will lead that team uh autobio is a up and coming superstar in the league one of the best centers in the league an all-star uh hero robinson Nan, ikudala championship dna jay crowder um, drag gets off the bench. He puts up 16 to 20 points a night. I think they're going to be right there with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers in the championship. My pre championship prediction is wrong. I had, I had the Raptors going all the way and winning it. Again, I also but, did too. Yeah. But I had Cooper's Raptors, but I think the Lakers will make it to the finals this season. Yeah.
0: All right. And if you guys like listening to basketball, talking about basketball, um, a kind of sideshow to the channel, uh, one of our boys, Ian, is hosting an all-basketball podcast. It'll probably be a little shorter than this, maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Um, maybe some of us will even drop by, to and talk on it. But it it's will be on Ian, all-basketball. Yes, sir. Yes, Stay sir. tuned for that one.
1: Mm-hmm. So our next thing that we're going to lead into is layups. Our best bets for the upcoming week. You go, You want to make some easy money, not too much. Because they're not going to be <laughs> underdogs, but what is your lock or safest bet for this upcoming week?
2: Uh, I'll start it off. I got I got the Vikings plus three in Indianapolis. I think they will cover a spread. They didn't look too too good out there on Sunday, but they did bounce back after Aaron Rodgers obliterated them in the early half of the game. But they did bounce back. Uh, Cousins was it was pretty it was okay, say at least. Uh, but on the Colts side, Philip Rivers wasn't solid at all. He he threw a little ball a lot. A touchdown, two picks. The two running back, Marlon Mack, went down. He tore his Achilles. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but Taylor and Hines will take over the running back situation in Indianapolis. But yeah, I, I'm gonna say the Vikings win that game and cover the spread as well at plus
0: three. Yeah, and my pick is Seattle minus four at home against the Patriots. Um, since I wrote that in the past hour, Vegas actually moved it down to three and a half points. And I think that's just ridiculous to be honest with you, Seattle bringing in Jamal Adams, um, one of the greatest defensive players in the entire league. We already saw him last week getting so many tackles for loss. It pains me as a jets fan, but it's the truth. He's going to take away the running back 80% of the time. And you know, that's what the Patriots do. They check down. They have Cam Newton, how he's going to run. They have some, fast linebackers that's a no-brainer to me mm-hmm.
1: my no-brainer of the week is Niners minus seven I mean even even though they're in uh New York I think it's an easy bet if you're a Niners fan or not a Niners fan just looking to make some easy money go bet on them I mean they got Sanu you might not be in too much because it's his first what first week just learning the playbook but Ayuk should be back in the Jets frankly, are just terrible, you know? I mean, Denzel Mims put on the IR, Le'Veon Bell put on the IR, their defense is depleted, Sam Darnold didn't look good on Sunday. I mean, Niners minus seven, that, that game should be a blowout. I mean, if it isn't, if the Niners don't don't blow out that game, I think you're shaking your head. and There's some concerning issues. Out yeah, there's that. some concern. <laughs> there's definitely going to be some concerns if the Niners don't walk away with that game very easily. So our next thing that we're going to go into is the closer slash the two-minute drill. So we got our bold prediction for the week. And let me start that off. So I think three kickers are going to get cut by the end of next week.
0: You know, it we was saw, a rough week for kickers, for We sure. saw
1: some very rough performances by kickers. We saw Austin Siebert already get cut. And who is the man replacing him? Cody Parkey. We all know who he is. Double iconic doink double doink in the playoffs a couple years ago. And Chicago he, legend. Yeah. Philly legend, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Uh but yeah, I think I think Goskowski needs to kick well to keep his job. I think some other kickers need to do that as well. Joey Sly missed a kick, Zane Gonzalez missed a kick. Bill's kicker missed a kick, I'm pretty sure. You know, there's a lot of guys oh, yeah,
0: who yeah. Yep. Better. Tyler Bass from Buffalo.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of guys that need to be better. And, you know, the kicking job isn't safe. It's a week to week job, unless you're, you know, Justin Tucker, who's going to keep that job pretty much no matter what.
0: Yeah. My uh, bold prediction from the week is actually going to be some college football number 17, Miami playing in Louisville, number 18. Um, The spread right now is Louisville minus three points. And you know what? Last week, De'Ara King, the new Miami quarterback, had 140 passing yards, 82 on the ground, two touchdowns. You know, their running back, Cameron Harris, had 130 rushing yards, two touchdowns. It's going to be hard to stop that ridiculous attack of speed. I mean, also Miami's edge rusher, Gregory Rousseau, opted out of the season. But I think that offense is enough to carry him, maybe even compete for an ACC championship spot.
2: Yeah. Um, my bold prediction on the week is going to be the Raiders taking down the Saints on Monday night football. First home game, (laughs) first home game, Las Vegas on Monday night. I think we could beat them. Thomas wasn't really a big issue last week for Tampa Buccaneers. But if he did play, he's not not playing this week. But if he did play, we would have problems because our secondary is suspect on some parts of the team. Um, I think our offense will hang with them. It'll be a shootout, say the least, uh, but I think we're going to come through with a win. We'll get a couple stops down the stretch. Hopefully Nick Kwiatkowski plays our single caller. And I think we're going to start season off two no, Las Vegas.
1: That'd definitely be nice to see. And our last segment is our favorite game slash series in the next week. You know, I'm going back to baseball. I see this blue Jays, Phillies series going on this weekend. And I like it a lot. You know, the Phillies need to win to keep their playoff spot up with many teams going behind them in the wild card. You know, I mean, the Marlins already took the spot in the second spot in the division, but there's a whole bunch of teams behind them in the wild card that can take that spot. I think Philly needs to win those games. And I also think the Jays need to win those games. You know, if they they don't, there's teams in the AL that are willing to take that wild card spot. I think it's big for the Jays to get the second Secondary division spot, so they don't have to face a team like the Rays or like the the White Sox in that first round.
0: My favorite series of the week is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat against the Celtics. We already saw Game One and went to overtime. This is going to be a really fun series. Uh, Goran Dragic, he dropped a quick twenty nine points. Huh? Old yeah. Goran Dragic, I remember his Phoenix days, man. That's just six man right to there. Me. Yeah, started- Jay Crowder. He did start. Jay Crowder hit five threes today, and for the Celtics too. Jason Tatum had thirty points, fourteen boards. He didn't shoot mm-hmm. very good, but you know when he's on, you he take over a game. You can take over a series.
2: Mm-hmm. It's gonna be pretty tough with Tatum against the Heat, though. I think the Heat bring a bunch of problems. But my favorite game of the week, I'm going to say, other than the Raiders uh, Saints game, I must say New England heading into Seattle for a Sunday night clash. Against a Super Bowl contender in Seattle Seahawks, I think Uh, Belichick has Cam Newton on his uh, weaponry. He's going to bring a lot of firepower or somewhat firepower to his offense because he can open up the playbook more because Cam runs a lot. Uh, Seattle looks like one of the best teams in the league, like Skylar said earlier, with the addition of Jamal Adams. That brings one of the best defenses maybe in the league. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Probably the best safety in the league, in my opinion. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game to watch on Sunday night in Seattle.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, it's gonna be. Fun. And uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Um, it's gonna to be fun, guys. Um, we're gonna to try to post a Sports Center style show every Tuesday, and maybe we can get Ian started early.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know, maybe him. this we'll Wednesday all basketball. Definitely going to talk about NBA mock drafts coming up recap of every NFL week. Um, yeah. And baseball too.
1: Base, baseball down the stretch is going to be fun. You know, there's a lot of open spots there besides the A's and their division. There's a lot of divisions that are open. I think that's going to be fun to watch down the stretch mm-hmm. and something definitely keep our eyes on.
0: Expect a full uh, MLB postseason episode coming in the next couple of weeks from us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Twitter, at Immaculate Sports. It's the red logo with the pyramid. Impossible IMAX to miss. Sports. It's IMAC.
1: Immac. I-M-A-C Sports. That's yeah. on Instagram as well.
0: Thanks for coming, guys. Hope you enjoyed.
1: You guys, we'll see a pleasure. You next time. See you next time, boys.